Thank you, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You can grab a seat. Touch two people and say this is going to be good. I think I haven't preached for four weeks now. Just uh, It wasn't particularly planned, but when you have opportunities to have great guest ministry, you don't want to miss it. How cool was it to have Jazeel with us from Rio last week? So good. And uh, Pastor Stephen, who now, according to Daniel, is Stevie Naughty. Stevie Naughty. When I next say, go, hey, Stevie Naughty. Which is, oh, oh, yeah, it is better, it is better. We've been in this series which we've called Re, and uh, we've done four messages, and uh, it's been interesting to me, the great feedback we've been having, uh, when you add this prefix of Re, what opens up, you know, look at the words here, recharge, reconsider, rebuild, rebuke, recommit, renew, and we've been pursuing all these things, and, uh, and Sarah Jane did a great one on redeem, and then we looked at repent, and so many great things have come out of this. I want to round it off today, because we could go on for Forever, but I'm going to talk to you today about recharge, recharge, and to do that, I want to lay this foundation of passion. Give me a wave if you think you've got an understanding what passion is. Some passionate people in the house. What I've really been chuffed about, you know, because when we first started meeting after lockdown, we became this quiet church, and I feel like the church needs to reflect the pastor. So we cannot be the quiet church. But as we've had guest ministry, what's been lovely, no one's had to say anything, but you've clapped, you've amened, you've said yes, well done you. And do you know what happens? The atmosphere changes, the expectation goes up, faith is stirred, and you're playing your part. Well done. So don't go all quiet on me, okay? So this idea of passion, you know, when you are passionate about something, who knows you can't stop going on about it? Let me give you some examples. You have a little chat with Johnny Steele about fast cars and you'll be there a long time because what he doesn't know about fast cars isn't worth saying. If you want to have a chat with the awesome Kenny about Liverpool Football Club, you'll be there a long time. Do you know why? Because he's got the shirts, he's got the programs, he's been to the ground, he's met the players. He won't stop going on about it. It's passion. And his wife has to deal with it. If you have a chat with Jerry Knott about coffee <laughs> and how quickly coffee should be made and served, you'll be there a little while because it's her thing. She loves it. She's passionate about it. If you have a chat with Stella, is Stella in the room? Yeah. Stella, stand up and give us a twirl. Come on, give Stella a round of applause. <laughs> now, now, give me a shout if you've got an idea what Stella's passionate about. Come on, what is it? Cats! Stella loves cats! I'm concerned she loves cats more than she loves her husband. She tells me cats don't answer back. I mean, who knew? For those of you who don't know, Stella breeds Bengal cats. Is it Stella? Am I getting that right? Bengal cats. They are an amazing looking cat. If you want a cat, I'm, uh, I'm happy to give her a promo. She sells Bengal cats. They're very expensive, but she tells me they're worth it. But you, I'll leave that with you. I'll leave that with you. Have you ever had a chat with Matt Beals about birds? <laughs> Matt Beals loves a bird. I'll leave it there. <laughs> Can't shut them up. What about parents, and I'm particularly talking about mums and their children? I think dads are passionate about their children, but mums is another level. 
Now, I've been chatting to some mums recently about things, and they say this, this kind of language, don't prod mama bear. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You touch my kids, mama bear's coming to play. Because there's this passion in parents, in mums. You can see what, it's a passionate thing. It's a passionate thing. I remember this story of my dad, who I know is passionate about me. I was a young kid, I don't know, I might have been eight, and I went over to the park, which is probably 100 metres from my house. And this big lad, who was probably five, six years older than me, just started picking on me. I think he clouted me once, but I was super fast, so he couldn't catch me. And I ran home and went, Dad, this bloke's hit me. Dad was out the door. And I'm not sure you'd get away with it today, but back then, Dad went the 100 metres to the park, grabbed the lad by the ear, and walked him the 400 metres back to our house and said, did you hit my son? He went, no, no, I didn't, no, he didn't. Did he, Barry? Yeah, he did. Never touch my son again. It's passion. Passion makes you do weird stuff, doesn't it? Because it, it comes out of you. But when you look at passion in terms of what its dictionary meaning is, it's actually linked to pain and suffering. You look it up for yourself. Has anyone seen the Passion of the Christ film? It's the last seven days as Jesus approaches the crucifixion. And they call it the Passion of the Christ. It's such a brilliant title because it's linked to his pain and suffering. You know, they didn't just give Jesus a classic crucifixion. Everyone else got hung by cords. He got nailed to the cross. You know, everyone else walks, the, walks then has their cross carried. He had to carry his own cross. And he had to carry his own cross on the back of a brutal whipping. The whipping was so severe, and a Roman whipping is severe, but it was so severe when they took him before Pilate. Pilate said, I told you to whip him, not kill him. Even he was shocked. They pushed a crown of thorns on his head, and he was dripping blood. He got on the cross, and they spat at him. They mocked him. You can save everyone else. Save yourself. Passion. And do you know what got him through that? It's right here in Hebrews 12 too. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Do you know what the joy is that's set before Jesus? Do you know what the passion was that drove him to be able to do that? It's you, and it's you, and it's you, and it's you. That one day, yeah, come on. That one day there could be an opportunity to you, for you to have in a relationship with Almighty God because Jesus put his passion on display. There was a moment in heaven where the father and the son looked down and said, this is our favourite creation. This isn't going how we wanted it to go. But we're so passionate about it, we're going to step in. And Jesus came and he lived this exemplary life. He demonstrated heaven on earth. He showed us what his father looked like. He said, I only speak the things my father speaks. I only do the things my father does. So when you look at Jesus, you're looking at the father. And what did he do? He went around healing people. He went around including people. He went around forgiving people. Everyone wanted to be around Jesus. And then, even on the back of all that, they hung him. A death he didn't deserve, but for the joy set before him. It's his passion on display. And his passion is you. Which gets me thinking, what's the conversation in heaven like now? Bearing in mind, he's passionate about you. You talk to Ellie about her kids. She'll go on and on and on. Jesus talks to the father about his kids. And he'll say, did you see Grace stepping up for the first time? Leading worship. And the son will say to the father, I know she was nervous. I think some people said she was bricking it. But she pushed through. She's amazing. She's so flipping awesome. I love her. 
And there'll be conversations going around it. And they'll say, no, have you seen Sarah Steele? Have you seen the way she loves her daughter? Have you seen the way she's prepared to serve in my house and lead the young people? She's flipping amazing and I love her. And I can just imagine Jesus going on and on and on and on about Sarah still because to her, to him, she's amazing. He's passionate about her. He loves you. He says, did you see that, Linda Roberts? Did you see the way she was willing to give up her time to sit with someone and listen? To sit with someone and share the wisdom she's gained over the years. To use the authority I've given her to lay on hands and see them set free. She's flipping amazing. And I love her. And the father is passionate about you. The father is passionate about you. He wants you to win. He wants you to win. It costs Jesus dearly on a cross to create an opportunity for a relationship with you. He wants you satisfied. He wants you free. And he wants you to win. Now, I lay a foundation there for what I'm going on to say. Know this. God is passionate about you. God wants you free. God wants you satisfied. God wants to set you up to win. That's a great foundation in life, isn't it? If you're struggling anywhere in life, do you know where the best place to go? Jesus. Because he wants you to win. And so you're pushing through in all your strength and everything you can possibly do. And the easiest thing to do is say, Jesus, I can't do this without you. And he says, yes, because I love you. I demonstrated it on a cross. And now I'm going to set you up. He's passionate about you. That's the preamble to my talk. (laughs) Recharge. Let's have a look at this idea of recharge. Now, we are people who like to live in cycles. So for us in this country, probably July, August would be, we would call it summer holiday time. The the schools break for their holiday. Give me a wave if you're having a holiday, had a holiday recently or looking forward to one. Yes, see, this is holiday season for us. And it's good. You know, we play hard, we serve hard, and we want to rest hard. It's a good thing. I like the way when Pastor Peter was with us a few weeks back and he unpacked, it's not just, it's never meant to be holiday, it's meant to be holy day. Our idea of holiday actually stems from a biblical concept of a holy day, set apart to God, resting from what you normally do to sow into that relationship. And they had celebrations all around it and it was awesome. What I like uh, about how we do holiday is that you get the opportunity to do something you love. And so you can go on social media now and pretty much check out what everyone's holiday looks like. And uh, you'll see some people laying on a beach doing nothing, literally just laying there. That's my kind of holiday. I'm happy doing zero. Just give me some sunshine, a cocktail, and shush. (laughs) Obviously, when I go on holiday with Susie, that's never going to (laughs) happen. Never live with the preacher. Some people love exploring a city and they go and they they love to see the history of it all and the the architecture and the people and the culture. Is it what they love to do to rest? Some people love to go up a mountain. Now for me that's not a holiday but some people love it and I see pictures on social media of some guy or girl or family on the top of a mountain going, yeah, we did it. But I'm laying on a beach, don't worry about me. (laughs) But some people, I love the differences we have. Some people's holiday is to do a DIY project. They take time, yeah, the wall steady on. But some people just love it. Oh, I can't wait to be holiday so I can do stuff to the house. I'm like, couldn't think of anything worse. But some people love it. And I love the idea that we rest in different ways, and that is good. I think one of the things that interests me is that on the whole, probably for most people, we like to rest around nature. Mountains, 
scenery, skiing, the sea. There is something special when we step away from what is man-made and step into what is God-made. It's refreshing. There's something special about water, isn't there? Great that the, the Bible talks about water being a representative of the Holy Spirit. We are loving in the physical to be around water. In the spiritual, we love to be around the Holy Spirit. It's refreshing, and it's such a, such a good thing. On the back of that, by a raise of hand, has anyone ever felt burnt out? I would imagine most people at some point in their life, and possibly even now, it's gone too far. You know, we're, we're working lots of hours. We're not getting a moment to take a breath. We're pushing, pushing to do stuff. And so many of us are living in that space right now. And here's the thing. It affects your personality. It affects how you speak. It, ex- it affects your vision. It affects how you see stuff. It's not a great place to live in, fatigue. And I want to press into that this morning. No shock then when we understand the impact of overworking and and fatigue, that God gave us a commandment to rest. Not an option, a commandment. Let me read it to you in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, straight from the Ten Commandments. You'll know this. Remember, there's another re right there. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, holy day. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Remember how I underpinned this. God is passionate about you. God wants to set you up to win. And the God who knows what's best for you did this, commanded a rest day. Commanded a rest day. He's passionate about you. You need to know this, the Sabbath is for you. The Sabbath is not for God. God doesn't need a rest. God's not conking out anytime soon. The Bible says he doesn't sleep or slumber. He's working out things for us even when we're asleep. He doesn't need it. We need it. So because God is passionate about us, he gave us this boundary that's a loving boundary. Take a day off. Touch three people and say, take a day off. Sneaky question then. Sneaky question. On your day off, bearing in mind we've all got mobile phones. By wave of hand, I'm looking for some honesty in the room right now because I know you. On your day off, do you check your work emails? Can I have a boo? Not cool, guys. But we do it, don't we? Sorry, I didn't mean to condemn anyone. There's no no condemnation here. But you see the point. Even on our day off in our culture, we are so wired and we're so driven that we can't actually switch off from work. We're still checking out what's going on. And if you're like me, once you know it, you can't unknow it. You start thinking, oh, I need to get on with that, don't I? Have a rest! Someone have a rest! Don't look at your emails. Someone needs to hear that today. And here's why. God blesses it. And I believe it's part of our faith journey. Because by looking at your emails, by not turning off from work, what you're really saying is, unless I'm sorting it out, it's all going to fall apart. And God is saying... Do you trust me enough 
not to let your working and financial word fall apart while you have a rest. Yeah. It's actually a faith step. Yeah. So next time you, it's your day off, it's part of your faith journey to say, God, I'm switching off and I trust you. Work isn't going to fall apart. My finances aren't going to implode. You've got me. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Come and touch another person and say, this is a faith journey. For me, Monday is my day off. Sunday's a work day for me. You lot are such hard work. <laughs> no, love you guys so much. It's such a privilege to lead you. But Monday's my day off, and I leave my phone in my bedroom. And it's been a discipline, and I've only probably nailed it the past two or three years. And you know what? No one's going to die. And if they die, God's got you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Like I could have made a difference anyway. But you know what I mean? It's okay. You need a day off. You guys are awesome. But I need a day off. And on my rest day, I can trust God to look after us all. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So you try and get me on a Monday and I don't answer you, just know it's because I'm on my faith journey. I absolutely love you. I absolutely am committed to you. But I need a day of the, the rest days for me. And then you get the best version of me. Who wants a tired, fatigued Pastor Barry? Literally no one because he's proper grumpy. <laughs> but a refreshed Pastor Barry, he might be an asset to you. Yeah. So I need my day off. You need your day off. Don't call me on a Monday. Call me on Tuesday. <laughs> I may still not answer. <laughs> Let, let's, uh, <laughs> let's add some more weight to this idea of rest. Follow this with me. In Leviticus chapter 25, verses 3 through 5. For six years sow your fields. And for six years, prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land, is, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes you un, you, of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Even in his creation and his cycles in creation, God is saying, even the land needs a rest. And if the land needs a rest, you need a rest. Are you with me? It gets better. Verses 8 through 12. Count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven. So that the seven, so the seven Sabbath years account to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere. <laughs> And on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout the land, consecrate the fiftieth year, the next year, and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee year for all of you. Each of you is to return to your, fam to return your, to your family property and to, own, and to your own clan. The fiftieth year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee and is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. I love this. See, we have a rest on the, on the seventh. So for us, seven days, for the land, seven years. And then after a cycle of seven, it says you have a whole year off. Now we're talking. Anyone fancy a whole year off? The Lord's setting us up to win somewhere. Have a whole year. A whole year with no work. No sowing, no reaping, just enjoying. You know, I love the concept of the Jubilee that, you know, if you've had to sell stuff, God gives it back to you. If you've had to work for someone or give away your slaves back then, they come back. Everything is coming back to you. If you have a debt, it is cancelled. 
I was 50 a year ago. Such a great celebration. Spiritually thinking, I'm claiming everything that's been held against me is cancelled this year. It's a new start for me. The year 50 is very, very important. It's the Jubilee. But there's an important question to ask then, because this is a faith journey. If on the 49th year we, we're not sowing anything, and then in the 50th year we, we can't reap anything, what happens in the year 51? Because nothing's in the ground. Because if you don't sow, you're not going to reap. So the fair question comes up. What about that bit? And here's what he says. Uh, verse 20 to 22. You may ask, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not plant or harvest our crops? I will send you, this is God speaking. I will send you such a blessing in the sixth year that the land will yield enough for three years. While you plant during the eighth year, you will eat from the old crop and will continue to eat from it until the harvest of the ninth year comes in. What God is saying is, you've got to trust me now. But this is what I'm going to do if you trust me. You're not going to work. And the food that you, you plant in the sixth year is going to last so long, you're going to get to back to the place where you start working again. That is God's promise to you now. So on your day off and on your holiday, you can need to trust God that he's got you. It's a faith thing. Oh, but what about this that might happen? Oh, what about that if I don't attend to it? Oh, what about this bill? Oh, what about that? And how am I going to cope? God says, just trust me. If I'm looking after the land, I'm looking after you. Can you see it? Because we need to rest. Here's what I wonder. I wonder if we are getting worn out carrying a weight that is not ours to carry. Because we didn't have enough faith just to trust God with it. God is saying, I'm going to carry that weight for you. Have a rest. And we're like, oh, do you know what? If I don't do it, it's never going to happen. And we keep working. And God said, well, that was mine to carry. And you're still carrying it. And then you wonder why you're fatigued. But God's passionate about you. And he demonstrated it on a cross. And he says, if you live my way, you're going to live in a place of refreshing. You're going to live well rested. Are you hearing me? So we've looked at rest. And rest is good. But rest is different to recharge. Let me give you uh, an example. How many of you, when you look at your mobile phone, is it constantly on the red in terms of its charge? My wife, Sarah, I do love her so much. I will give her a call straight to answer phone. Like, What's that? Oh, sorry, my battery ran out. And that's not once in a while. That's, that's every day. I'm like, why don't you charge it up overnight? Oh, I forgot. But here's the thing. Let's imagine, let's imagine I look at my Sarah's phone and it's on 10%. It's on the red 10%, a little bit left. And I said to her, okay, what we'll do is we'll turn it off and we'll leave it at the side and the phone will rest. It's not doing anything. It's turned off. When we turn it back on again, what percentage is it going to be on? 10. Because it's rested but not recharged. So anything to recharge, it has to, has to, has to be plugged into the source of power. Yes. If it's not plugged into the source of power, it's just resting. And resting is good. But resting is different to recharging. How many of you, by raise of hands in a moment, go on your dream holiday for two weeks, you go around the world, you lay on a beach, you do this, you do that, you come back and three days later you're like, I need another holiday. <laughs> I need a holiday from my holiday. Because you're rested but you're not recharged. Yeah. And can you see the difference? And right there is the difference between a holiday and a holy day. Yeah. 
it's connecting to the source of power. I love the, you know, the stories coming out of Shout, and I'm going to try and maybe do a few little mini interviews so that people can see, you know, especially people who weren't able to be there, can see the impact it's had. Because here's the thing, Shout wasn't a rest. There was about 15 million sessions to attend. There was lots of food to eat, obviously. That's really hard work. There were sessions, you know, some people had their children to look after, some people served. It wasn't a rest. But I tell you what, we connected to the source of power. And so people have come back. You have two good nights sleep and your body's refreshed, but you're, you're recharged in the spirit. And I'm believing for everyone who's placed themselves in those kind of environments that you are recharged to go to new levels. Your body might not be rested, but your spirit is recharged. And that's a better place to live in. Are you here with me? Listen to Jesus' instruction in Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. There's a couple of things going on here. Now, I'm sure at times, and possibly even now, we can all relate to being weary and burdened. Life can be tough. And we're here in the world, but not of the world. And Jesus is saying, you need to come to me. And he says, I'll give you rest. But you know the difference? When you come to him for rest, you're plugging into the source of power. So when you come to Jesus, you won't only be rested, you'll be recharged completely Jesus I'm weary and burdened I lay my issues at your feet and in my faith journey I trust you they're not mine to carry anymore and he says thank you Barry you should have done that years ago but I've walked with you footprints on the sand I carried you in the moment and I laid it at your feet and now I'm not wearied now I'm not carrying it I can look at Jesus in the eye with freshness and he says let me recharge you let me touch your heart. Let me inspire you again. Let me give you a fresh revelation. Let me help you to see people how I see people. Let me help you to see situations how I see situations. Let me to envision you for the next 10 years. And suddenly what's happening is I'm rested and I'm recharged. And I step into my next day ready to go at a whole new level. Do you hear it? Now, if you're weary and burdened, come to the source of life. Come to the source of power. Come to the source of peace. Come to the source of joy. Jesus says, engage me. In effect, if we want to put it this way, plug into me. Because I'm going to recharge you. Yes, you'll be rested, but it's more than that. It's recharging. And we can all live at a different level. Are you hearing it? Why does Jesus want to do that? Because he's passionate about you. And he wants to see the very best version of you. He wants to see the best version of Carew. He wants to see the best version of Buzzle. He wants to see the best version of Terry Roberts. He wants to see the best version of Winnie. He wants to see the best you. And the best you isn't weary and burdened. The best you is recharged. And where do we get recharged? Engaging with the king. Engaging with the source of power. I, I love this. That Jesus modeled it himself. It says this, Luke 5 verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and just rested. Now, it doesn't say that, does it? He often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. What was he doing? He's withdrawing for a rest, but connecting to the source of power. Yeah. It's not a holiday, it's a holy day. Can you see the difference? Yeah. Rest is good. Connecting with the source of power is better. You can have both. Jesus demonstrated it. He often, 
He often withdrew to lonely places to be on his own with his father and he plugged into the source of power and then he was able to come back out ready to go again. He literally changed the world. Do you know the best thing? The spirit of Jesus lives in you. If we could follow Jesus' model of life, we could literally change the world. Imagine the global church in all its different shapes and sizes and theologies and the rest of it just plugging into Jesus. We change the world. But I, this is, you know, I've been pastoring a long time now. This is my thought process. I think, and this is what I've seen and observed, we get tired and weary and bogged down with the pressures of, the pressures of life. And the first thing to drop off when we're tired is our closeness to God. That's just been my observation. Not a criticism, just an observation. Uh, the next thing that drops off is our commitment to gather with the church. Where iron sharpens iron. Where we stand shoulder to shoulder. Where we lift each other up. Where we encourage each other. Where we prophesy over each other. Where we lay hands on and bring healing. Oh, I'm so tired. I'll have a day off church. What you're doing, you're resting, but you're not plugging in. It happens all the time. You know, our devotion time starts to drop off. Oh, you know, I was getting into such a good rhythm of, you know, reading my word and spending some time in prayer, but I've got so much on my plate right now. That's the first thing that goes. Our prayer life. These things that we know, these disciplines we know that are actually about plugging into the source of life are the first things to go when we get weary. They should be the last things that go. But you're acknowledging this is our reality. Now, this isn't a, t- a telling off. This is an encouragement to say, could we change that? Could we from this day say, do you know what? When I feel like that, the first thing I'm going to do is go to the Father. Not the first thing I'm not going to do. The first thing I am going to do is to plug into the source of life. Because Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. The issue isn't with Jesus. The issue is with us. He's here saying, hello. Hello. I I really love the little cartoon picture. I'm sure many of you have seen it. And uh, there's people looking for Jesus. And you see that there's an open door and they're in someone's front room. And all you can see is this pair of sandaled feet sticking out of the curtains. And it's like, I'm sure some people think Jesus is hiding. But if he is hiding, he wants you to find him. He's like, hello, can you see my sandaled feet? And sometimes we just need, I need you, Jesus. He's not going to go, seek me harder, you can't find me, no, 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 no. He's passionate about you. He went to a cross that you would find him. So maybe our first place needs to be that we go to Jesus and say, I need you. I'm weary and burdened. I want a rest, but I want a recharge even more. Can you see it? You know, as I've reflected on this series, and thank you for those who have given feedback on it, it's been really encouraging. How funny just to think of the word re and then suddenly bring preach after preach after preach. It's been so good. Just a little shout out. I'm going to be developing a new, a new set of preaches I'm, call, I'm calling I Will. I will start thinking about that. The amount of times God says, I will. Abraham, I will make you the father of many nations. You know, even in the scripture we were just reading there, I will do this. The amount of times God says, I will. And it's interesting because when you get married, we often always think we say, I do. But we actually don't. We say, I will. It's a covenant commitment. The only one who says, I do, is the father of the bride. Who brings the bride? I do. Then it becomes, I will. How cool. So, Help me, pray for me as I think about that because I believe God wants to inspire us with this thought process of I will. I've lost my place now, gone off, gone off, gone off. Yeah, come on. I want to encourage you and think what it looks like for you to create a rhythm in your life 
which is continually connecting to the source. And everyone's different. Everyone's life is different. But we can all do something. And here's what I want to believe. As you connect to the source of life, you will feel recharged. And when you're recharged, what happens is you can do a little bit and you feel recharged. And you find yourself in, in months down the line doing a little bit more and a little bit more. And what happens is your closeness and intimacy with Jesus grows. And then your impact in life grows. Your vision changes. You know, I, I really enjoy the gym. I was once upon a time a personal trainer. And the amount of people who really wrestle with going to the gym, give me a wave if that's, that's been you at some point, yeah, loads of people, want to go to the gym, it's in my heart. Really. But then we find every excuse under the sun why I could have possibly have gone to the gym. Oh, Barry, I had a terrible sleep. Oh, you know, I went out last night and I ate too much. You know, the very reasons we need to get to the gym and the very reasons we stop going to the gym. And here's why a personal trainer works. A personal trainer work, works not because they understand better what you need to eat, because I think you probably know what you need to eat. It's not because they know what exercise you need to do, because you probably know what exercises you need to do. It's actually accountability. You can't not turn up to your session because personal trainer man or lady is going to be waiting for you. And if you don't show up, they're going to be on the phone saying, where, the, where are you? And you've paid for it. So it's accountability. It's not that they bring things to the table. I wonder that one of the strengths in church is accountability. How's your prayer life? How's your devotional life? Well, if you go with someone and say, we're going to do this together, it forces the issue because if you're not feeling like it, your accountability partner says, well, I am, so get yourself here. Yeah. Get yourself on Zoom. We're praying this morning. Yeah. You know, could we start creating rhythms where actually we help each other connect to the source of life so that our lives go to another level? Jesus said, I came that you would have the fullest life. And if you don't feel like you're not yet living the fullest life, it's probably because you're not yet plugging into the source enough. Yeah. The issue is never with Jesus. It's generally with us. And I think we can all recognize we sort of, our, our spirituality does this. But I'm believing with you that actually our spirituality can start doing this. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome if in six months' time you remember these, some of these thoughts and you said, yeah, I put disciplines in place. And I kept going and I plugged in and I recharged. And from that place, I actually found I had more capacity than I realized. And I plugged in and I recharged again. And you find yourself living the dream. You find yourself praying the, the outrageous faith prayers. You find yourself leading people to Jesus. You find yourself handling your money and your health and your relationships at a whole new level. Why? Not because suddenly you've got great, because you've allowed the great one in. Yeah. You've plugged in to who he is. Are you hearing me? Jesus wants you to live from a place of full power. Because if you don't live from a place of full power and you're living like my wife's phone, what, what does your decision process look like when you're living at 10%? What does your relationship process look like when you're living at 10%? What does your output look like when you're living at 10%? And it's not because you can't do it, because it's in you, but we're living at 10%. What would it look like if we plugged into the source and every day we live from 100%? And I got up in the morning and I said, I'm ready, Lord. I'm fully equipped. I'm fully empowered. I see it how you see it. Put my faith on the line. Let's go. Every day. We live from that place of 100% committed to the source of power himself. And Jesus is in heaven. is like, I knew they had it in them. I knew they had it in them. Yes. I can just imagine, you know, I love it when, well, I don't love it when Stephen got stoned particularly. I love what happened. The man Stephen would not st stop preaching Jesus to the point where he got on their nerves so much they literally stoned him to death. 
Stop going on about him. Stop talking about him. I can't stop talking about him. He was living at 100%. And they said, we're going to stone you. And he didn't back down then. He just said, accept my spirit, Lord. And then it says this. It says, Jesus stood up. Where's Jesus right now? Seated at the right hand of the Father. But when he sees a man live 100%, he looks down and he can't stay on his seat anymore. He stands up and he says, there's my son. There's the man. Go on, Stephen. So awesome. I want to live a life that causes Jesus to stand up. That causes Jesus to say, go on, Barry. I knew I put it in you. You've been living at 50% all these times, but if you just plug into me, there's a whole other level to go to. If we could do it together, what could happen? If we could have a keyboard or guitar, that would be great. Last verse. Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he, he will, there we go again, he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. I don't know what it is that's stopping you from going to the source sometimes, but I wonder if it's sometimes we think we can do it better. But God is saying to us, I love you so much, I'll never let you be shaken. Come to me. Come to me, the source of power. This isn't just about rest, it's about recharging. But in recharging, you get rested. You get both. So if you're about to go on a holiday, and and my household is, I pray that the holiday does what you need it to, that you get rested. But more than that, I pray you never take a holiday from plugging into the source of life. Because even on your holiday... You can be getting up and you can be marveling at the the nature. You can be reading a great inspired book. You could be reading the word. You could be chatting to your family about what God has inspired. Plug in. Do whatever it is that works for you to plug in. There's multiple ways of doing that, but you'll come back rested and recharged. Wouldn't it be awesome as a church on the back of holiday season when we get into September that we come back and we look around and go, I can see you're recharged. I can see it in your eyes. I can see that passion coming out of you now. You've had a fresh revelation, haven't you? Wouldn't it be great if we all come back from our holidays and start saying, oh, you know, I had this revelation. And I've got this. I want to I wanna start this. I want to re- reach out to this group of people. I, I, I felt inspired to, to give this thing away or whatever it is. Could we create stories? Create stories of life springing out of our church because we connected. Because we plugged in to the very source of life the very source of healing, the very source of provision, the very source of peace, the very source of joy, could we plug into him? So as we round up this series, I feel like in it all, that's been the overriding message. Jesus wants his church to come closer. He wants us closer. And that might look different for all of you. But my cry to you is, whatever that looks like for you, do what it takes to plug in your life will be better church will be better the town will be better the world will be better if the church plugs into the source of power could I pray for you could I invite you to stand hey let's just close our eyes for a moment if you're willing Let's just close our eyes. Let's plug in. Let's do it now. Jesus. Father, thank you that you love us. 
Thank you that you demonstrated your passion for us on a cross. Thank you. Lord, our response is a response of passion for you. We can't stop talking about you. We can't stop thinking about you. We can't stop praising you. Lord, I pray by your Holy Spirit even now, move amongst every brilliant person sat in this room, every brilliant person who will listen online and start bringing revelation on how it's best for you to plug in to create rhythms and disciplines in life where we draw near to Jesus. And I declare that word over you, church, recharge. Be recharged in Jesus' name. Lord, if there's anyone here who feels like there's a blockage to the recharging, I pray because you can, you will remove that blockage right now in Jesus' name. I was just getting that picture. Do you know when you buy a brand new plug and it's got that plastic over the pins so you can't quite plug it in? So the capability to recharge is there, but it, it won't go in. And I'm just sensing there are people in the room that have got a blockage. You kind of want to plug in, but there's something. Lord, I just pray that you'd highlight to every individual if there's a blockage and what that looks like. And I pray you'd remove it. Hurts from the past negativity, words spoken, past failures. We remove it in Jesus' name. Come on, church, make a decision in your heart now. I choose to plug in, and I choose to make a lifestyle out of it. Lord, I thank you for what every amazing person here has been able to achieve in your name. Lord, I ask you could help us imagine what that could look like if we were at 100%. Let us dream bigger. Peace to you, church. Jesus, we give our heaviness, our weariness, and our burdens to you. They're not ours to carry. We lay them at your feet. Thank you that you love us. best, best, best place to do life is from a relationship with Jesus because he's passionate about you. Just with every eye closed, I wonder, is today the day someone wants to make sure they're right with Jesus? Is today the day you want to pray a prayer that says, Jesus, I want you in the center of my world. You're welcome here. Maybe you've never done that. Or maybe you did it once and you know you've let it slide and maybe today's a recommitment for you with every eye closed if you'd like to pray that prayer I'll lead you in and just give me a wave so I know who I'm praying with God bless you guys thank you thank you everyone's good today we'll always give that opportunity Jesus Jesus just getting a word for Peter Copsey and the word is faithfulness feel like Peter that the Lord wants to encourage you he sees your faithfulness he sees your faithfulness as a husband he sees your faithfulness as a father he sees your faithfulness as a provider he sees your faithfulness and your commitment to your relationship with him be encouraged Peter 
and the Lord sees you. your presence touch lives like only you can touch lives I just sense that the Holy Spirit's beginning to put people's names in your thoughts and if that's you I encourage you reach out to that person give them a phone call send them a text knock on their door arrange a meetup and just say Lord whatever you want to do through this I'm open let's get active church let's recharge for a purpose thank you Lord in advance for all the testimonies that are going to come out of the lives in this church the lives of the people online thank you Jesus it's all for your fame and your glory. Again, I say, church, be recharged in Jesus' name. Should we give Lord a round of applause for all he's going to do?